What's up, Seamus? Hey, what's up, Will? I, why I was so excited about today's conversation with Dr. Josh Axe, because he really is kind of the collagen guy. He's just written a book about, about collagen yeah. and the importance in our in our health for getting collagen, that most of us are collagen deficient. For sure. Um, so yeah, really cool conversation. Yeah, for sure. For people that don't know, Dr. Josh Axe is a certified doctor of natural medicine, a clinical nutritionist, and the co-founder of Ancient Nutrition. He's also the best-selling author of books, including Eat Dirt, Keto Diet, and his newest, as Seamus said, The Collagen Diet, which we'll get into uh, in detail today. Great. All right. Let's dive into our conversation with Dr. Josh Axe. My friend, Josh Axe, thank you so much for being on Goopfellas. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. So you are a wealth of knowledge, and your latest book, The Collagen Diet, really digs deep into the fact that the modern American diet is really low in collagen. Many people, they hear the word collagen, they think of it maybe as form of a, of a supplement, but can you talk about the importance of, of having a collagen-rich diet? Also what collagen is for people, yeah. that, like a little collagen 101, I think would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for starters, you know, collagen is critical. Um, and people are going to be really interested in this because it is important for so many health conditions, for, from reducing inflammation to uh, having beautiful looking skin to uh, even organ function like for, for your liver. So collagen is a really big deal. Now, collagen is an amino is, is made up of amino acids. So it's essentially a type of protein, uh, just like our muscles are made up of certain amino amino acids. Other areas of our body are made up of amino acids, and 30% of all of the collagen, uh, of all the protein in your body, is collagen proteins. So what lit literally makes up over 90% of these areas I'm going to mention is collagen. So 90% of your hair, nails, uh, skin, ligaments, tendons, connective tissue, fascia, your entire gut lining. Um, your arterial uh, walls, um, those are all made up of collagen. And if you don't, if you're not getting collagen in your diet, those areas absolutely suffered. Be kind of like, it's kind of like, hey, if you had somebody who's a bodybuilder trying to put on muscle and they were consuming no protein, uh, muscle building protein, they're not going to, they're not going to see results. Similar thing. If you're trying to look younger, if you're trying to have great gut health, if you're trying to have great joint health and you're not getting collagen in your diet, those areas suffer. And here's something that's really surprising. Once you reach the age of 25, your body produces about 1% to 2% less collagen every single year. So by the time you're in your 50s, your body is producing 75% less collagen than you did in your 20s. And so collagen really is the key to anti-aging. The best way to get collagen uh, is, or the best way to um, get collagen, I believe, is through consuming lots of bone broth and taking a collagen supplement. And your body can produce some collagen on its own. It'll do that with certain nutrients like vitamin C and certain adaptogenic herbs that support stem cell production. But, um, you know, I think when we're talking collagen, it's really important, especially for those looking to heal their gut, heal their immune system, have beautiful skin, hair, and nails, have healthy uh, bones. And, um, and also just generally having healthy joints and reducing inflammation. Those are the biggest things collagen is going to help with. So there are different types of collagen, right? Can you go over the, the different kinds that are found in different foods? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're looking at types of collagen, you have typically type 1, 2, and 3, 
make up a good majority of your body along with type 5 and type 10 collagen. And there are more than 20 types of collagen, so there's quite a few different types. But the ones that our bodies are made up of especially is made up of type 1. And type 1 collagen you're going to find in the largest amounts in beef collagen, in wild fish collagen, and a little bit in uh, chicken collagen. When we're talking about type 2 collagen, that's found really only primarily in chicken. Uh, and then we're talking about type 5 and type 10 collagen. Those are found primarily in eggs. But there's a principle in Chinese medicine, and it's this, like supports like. So if you want to con- really support your skin, hair, nails, your bones, and your gut lining the most, then you want to get quite a bit of type 1 collagen. If you really want to support your all of your joints and your connective tissue and part of your gut as well, then you want type 2 collagen. And if you want to support really your skin and some of your arterial walls, type 3 collagen and then type 5 and 10 collagen make up a lot of the tissues that kind of are part of what makes up even your organ systems there as well. But, um, yeah, different types of collagen are for different things. Generally speaking, though, if you're getting any of those types of collagen, they're going to support the body. Hmm. But I do believe that, you know, if you're looking to support a specific area, the different types of collagen may have a, uh, a slight benefit over other types of collagen. So do you, how much collagen do we need? Like what's a, a typical day look like as it, far as making sure we have enough? Yeah, so I would, I would put it like this. So think about this. If your body and all of the protein in your body, one-third of your body's protein is collagen protein. So I would say close to, you know, a quarter of your diet should be collagen or a quarter of your dietary protein intake should be from collagen-rich proteins. So, you know, and I find this, you know, well, really, really close to something like, and you know this, like we need a balance of omega-3 fats and omega-6 fats in our diet around a four to one ratio, according to science. Well, I'd say it's a very similar ratio about, you know, a four to one ratio of collagen proteins to muscle building proteins. And so, you know, if somebody's consuming a hundred grams of uh, protein a day, you know, probably about 20 to 30 grams can come from collagen. And I would say at the very, very minimum, you know, 10%, I mean, we should be getting. So for most people, 20 grams a day is a good amount. Now, I recently interviewed a good friend of mine, Dr. Joe Mercola, uh, who, who founded Mercola.com, and he said he, now he's in his 60s, and he consumes about 60, uh, you know, grams a day. And he just said for him, his joints and his gut, he notices such a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I can say this from working with thousands of patients over the years in the past. That, you know, when, when I had patients, Dr. Will, and you've seen this, I know you've worked with a lot of people with things like autoimmune disease and other, uh, other types of issues, but when they start getting bone broth or collagen in their diet, it's amazing what it starts to do for their gut health, for their immune health. And so, uh, but I would say at least 20 grams a day for most people. So how do you level that with somebody who's, who's more, has a plant-based approach or who's a vegetarian, um, sure. for, for ethical, or even a lot of people are, are vegetarians because they believe it's a, it's a healthier, it's a, a healthier approach. How do you level that? Yeah, sure. So for me, again, what I teach is ancient forms of medicine. So mm-hmm. I teach ancient Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and ancient Israeli or biblical medicine. So I teach in Greek medicine. So, you know, I've spent a lot of time studying everyone from Hippocrates to Maimonides and, and, and they have uh, evaluated over time. If you look at traditional Chinese medicine, it's, been, it's about 4,000 years old. 
mm-hmm. as is Ayurveda. And we're talking about millions of individual case studies and seeing what does it take to get a sick person well. So for me, and, and also for me, I really believe we're called to be stewards to the earth. In fact, myself and my business partner, Jordan Rubin, we own 5,000 acres of certified organic land where we grow hemp CBD. We have, uh, we have, Z- we have uh, a zebu, water buffalo, yaks, goats, sheep, gazelle that, ra- that graze our, um, that graze our farms. We grow everything from kale to moringa to goji berries to shisandra. And so for me, like I, I have a little bit of a background here as well of like, like I do regenerative agriculture. Mm-hmm. So for me, everything is about honoring God, healing the planet. And so when I say this, that's with all of those things in mind. And so one, we're talking about since the beginning of time, people have consumed, um, you know, animal-based products. And so for me, I think it's really about stewardship uh, with the animals and raising them the right way and treating them with kindness. Uh, but, you know, I've worked with, again, thousands of people that were vegans and vegetarians over years. And, you know, some people can tolerate that diet. But the truth is, I'll say this, is that I see a lot more people with deficiencies mm-hmm. that are vegan and people that aren't vegan. To mm-hmm. me, there are just many more deficiencies. Not saying somebody can't do it mm-hmm. and get away with it, mm-hmm. you know, but I've worked with just an example. There's a few yoga instructors I was working with recently, and they, they'd been vegan for a while, and they were having joint issues. You could see sort of some of the, uh, you know, some of the issues with their adrenals under their eyes if you get those dark circles or their they start to look sort of malnourished in their, their cheeks. Mm-hmm. And I just had her start doing, and she said, you know, I need to do something cause I'm feeling so bad. Mm-hmm. I had her start doing collagen, um, you know, just one serving a day. And, uh, literally she said I, in two weeks, she said, I cannot believe my joint pain's gone. I feel like I'm alive again. My energy's back. So for me, like my job is simply, I get sick. I'm here to help sick people get well. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is deficient in collagen, just like if they're deficient in omega-3 fats, there's inflammation there. If somebody's deficient in collagen, their joints are going to suffer. Their gut is going to suffer. Uh, you know, and so they're going to have areas of, of their body suffer. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, that's really, you know, I, I've just found generally speaking, everybody for the most part does better with collagen mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, similar thing, if I had someone with anemia, you know, the first thing I typically do is have them supplement with some, uh, like buffalo liver, which Mm -hmm. is rich in iron. I'll have them, um, you know, consume also beets and spinach and things like that. But I'm actually a fan of, uh, animal products that are, you know, that, that are, uh, you know, ethically raised. Mm-hmm. What I found over the years consulting patients is that it's a conversation. Like the, like you said, the person that we're talking about this, you know, this person, this example person, they're not feeling well. So you have to kind of have a heart to heart on what they're willing to change because you have to do something different to see something different. Uh, and most of the time what I've found is that they can still be mostly plant-based if that's their preference, but bringing in a mm-hmm. few key superfoods mm-hmm. like bone broth. Uh, you know, when I wrote Ketotarian, it's it's a plant-based, mostly plant-based ketogenic book. But one of the foods that I said, I have to make an exception on this for the reader is bone broth because mm-hmm. of what I've seen. It's such a well-tolerated protein because as Seamus knows, he's went through it himself. And what I see is that most people have reactivities to like the whey protein or the plant sure. proteins. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen anybody really considerably have a problem, a reaction no. to collagen protein. No, I mean, there's there there literally are millions of species of plants on, on the planet that could kill you dead and very few animal products that can. I mean, so f- for somebody out there that's like, okay, 
I, I want to bring this into my diet and you mentioned like a powder or making bone broth. And I think a, another part of this is the fact that we as a society don't eat nose to tail. We don't mm -hmm. eat these other meats mm -hmm. like you mentioned, beef liver. Can you explain that? Like what other superfoods they should bring into their diet to not just bring up their collagen intake, but these other like fat soluble vitamins and micronutrients? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, if somebody were to ask me, which they did this morning, I constantly get asked this, Dr. Axe, what sort of diet do you eat? Do you eat a paleo diet, a keto diet, a vegan diet? And I say, I really follow what's called a TCM, a traditional Chinese medicine diet. And what that means is I, I, I eat for what my body needs. What is my body telling me? And, you know, so, and, and it really changes seasonally with what I'm eating. I don't eat a lot of grains, but I eat some when I consume them. I eat sprouted grains like sprouted rice that I cook in a crock pot and make into congee overnight. Uh, mm -hmm. This morning, I supplemented with a little bit of uh, buffalo liver. And so, you know, for, for me, my, and by the way, to mention this as well, my diet is plant-based. If you looked at what I just ate for lunch, I ate wild-caught salmon, I ate broccoli, I ate green beans, and I had asparagus with some homemade hummus I made, and then I had some blackberries. So aside from the salmon, my entire meal was plant-based and it was about 75% of my plate at least. And so anyways, that being said, I am all about being plant-based, but eating based on your needs and what you have going on mm -hmm. uh, in your own body. And so you, you mentioned uh, so, so, sort of eating, you know, nose to tail. And so our ancient ancestors didn't waste animal products. So for instance, today we tend to eat the chicken breast or the steak or as a burger, and then we discard the right or, or we don't you know, we never see the other parts of the animal. Think about our ancient ancestors. Mm -hmm. They were out either raising livestock or hunting. And so whether they, uh, they, 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 um, you know, uh, they, 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 uh, you know, took a bow and arrow through a deer or they were raising their own goats at home, you know, they would take that meat and, um, and not only, and they, they would use every part of the animal. They would take the bones and the ligaments and tendons in that area and they would simmer that in water and create bone broth. Mm -hmm. They would take the organ meats and they would actually consume those. Some of them they would save and dry and use them as supplements. Some of them they would, um, you know, eat during that time. And then they would eat the animal meat as well. And they would do that with lots of plants. And so that's how our ancient ancestors, uh, you know, lived. And so they would never just eat a chicken breast, which is muscle building protein and leave the bone broth, like get rid of those, you know, animal products. There was always that balance. So you have a balance of collagen proteins and muscle mm -hmm. proteins. And so, you know, I really think, you know, uh, there, it's amazing when you look at uh, beef or chicken liver or, any, or venison liver, uh, it has so much B vitamins. In fact, it has about 10 times the amount of vitamin B12 as a steak uh, it's nature's B vitamin and iron supplement when you're talking about liver. Heart mm -hmm. is very high in coenzyme Q10, which is incredible for the brain and your entire cardiovascular system. And so organ meats have been consumed for thousands of years, and you can actually get those in capsule form, take them like that. You know, in, a, you know, in Europe, especially Germany, uh, and throughout, you know, Eastern Europe, they, they consume animal, uh, they, they consume organ meats. That's really common. Sure. For us today, our palates are not very used to the bitter nature of a lot of these foods and some of the astringency of mm -hmm. even some of the herbs. And so, you know, if people can't tolerate that, then they can take it in supplement form. But, um, yeah, my diet is, and I'll give you an example of this too. You know, I really believe in these principles of Chinese medicine. There is no single diet that's perfect for anybody. Uh, like for instance, like keto diet, 
as much as well, you know, I think it's fantastic and you think it's fantastic for some people, it's not perfect for every person, Mm -hmm. you know, in Chinese medicine, they would say that's very good for a fire element or somebody who has brain issues and cardiovascular issues and needs to lose weight. Like that's who a Chinese medicine doctor or an ancient doctor would have prescribed a keto diet for. If somebody's looking to cleanse and detoxify, they would put them on a diet of a lot of green foods, sour and bitter foods that supports um, your body's detoxification system. If somebody had a weakened immune system and was sick, they would put them on a lot of foods that are orange and yellow. So think about ginger, garlic, Mm -hmm. uh, yellow chicken broth, and then some of those orange foods like butternut squash and pumpkin. Those are the most nourishing to the digestive system and conditions like leaky gut or inflammatory bowel disease or autoimmune disease. And then if somebody needs a has adrenal fatigue or thyroid issues, they would do a lot of dark colored foods. They would do things like lots of berries, like blueberries. They would do some black rice. They would do um, reishi mushroom and these herbs that really help rejuvenate our adrenals. They would prescribe ashwagandha because that's in lots of adaptogenic herbs. And so for me, like I eat really based on, hey, what's going on in my own body right now? And I really believe everybody should be on a personalized you know, ancient diet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's curious when you're, you're talking about um, organ meat and I, I do think that like organ meat is actually going to be considered soon. It's going to be a, a big trend where people can understand the, the value, the, the nutritional value of organ meat. And if you look at like the, the great predators and on, on, on the savannah in Africa, they tend to directly consume primarily the organ meats and leave behind the lean mm-hmm. the lean muscle meat, which they know is more nutrient deficient, and then the scavengers come through and consume that. And um and it's really it is it is sad because we've developed this uh fear almost of eating the animal nose to tail or eating all of the animal. And if you look at you look at the chicken, as you said, we eat the the chicken breast, but we forgot that the crest has got a tremendous amount of collagen, the beak, the wings, the the feet uh, all at the back, these are all like really, really nutrient dense areas of the, of, the, of the animal. And in so many ways, we kind of only get a complete diet if we're eating the whole thing. Exactly. What's up, guys? It's Will. As you probably know, my day job is consulting people around the world via webcam at my functional medicine health center. Normally, I'm consulting one-on-one, but I'm really excited to announce the launch of my brand new functional medicine online group class. This virtual group class is my solution to continue making functional medicine more accessible and more affordable for people around the world. Designed as a starting point for those who are new to functional medicine, this online group class allows you to learn more about your health from a functional medicine perspective, equipping you with the knowledge and tools to improve your health. During the class, I will review the comprehensive blood labs that you've completed before the class and give an explanation of the optimal ranges for each and every marker and what it means for your health. You will also have a chance to privately ask me and my team questions and have them answered in real time. You will also receive your own takeaway list from your labs so you can refer to it at any time after the class. In addition, everyone in the class will receive customized action plans based on their lab results, personalized lifestyle recommendations, and a list of foods and supplements to focus on and foods to avoid all based on your lab results. You will leave the class feeling empowered and educated about your wellness. Learn more 
at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. If I could go back to the vegan and vegetarian component real fast, because I thought of some things that I'm seeing on the market more and more uh, when I go through a health food store mm-hmm. or see online is that they'll say vegan collagen. And to the mm-hmm. layperson, they're thinking, whoa, I'm getting a vegan collagen, which doesn't exist. But the, what they're saying is when you read the label is a lot of things that support collagen, which you mentioned earlier, uh, that are important. But it's can you explain that they're not really getting yeah. a vegan collagen? Right, exactly. So I think the important thing to remember is is that um, ideally, if you are willing to consume animal products, you want to take a collagen protein. And I would look for, there's an amazing product, it's bone broth protein. So it's literally bone broth in powder form. It comes in different flavors. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome to search. I've written and talked about this. If you Google search Dr. Axe bone broth protein or Dr. Axe collagen protein, you can kind of see what I've written and recommended over time. But I would do bone broth protein and a multi-collagen protein as a supplement or just dr- and in addition to just drink home, homemade bone broth or buy it, you know, at, at your local grocery store, bone broth, like chicken broth. So that should be number one. If you want to do something in addition to that and you're a, uh, a meat eater or, hey, you're a vegan and want to do everything you can to support collagen production, what you want to do is you want to consume the ancient superfoods that support what's known as your kidney chi or your jing or essentially your – it's really supporting your adrenals in, um, in ancient Chinese medicine. And so – and by the way, there's some good medical studies showing that these foods support collagen production and some of them your body's own stem cells. Um, the first one is uh, – it's called foti or hishuwu. But FOT, we're going to see this as a more popular herb in the, in, in the future. I'll mention this as well. It's so interesting, guys. Like, you know, 10 years ago, nobody had heard of, of ashwagandha. Mm-hmm. In fact, 15 years ago, I mean, half, you know, when I would teach lectures, very little people had heard of turmeric. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, or maybe, hey, is that that spice maybe in curry? You know, yeah. that's mm-hmm. all people thought of with turmeric. Well, today, turmeric, the number one selling herb in North America and then you've got, uh, you know, other herbs like ashwagandha, which is fastly growing. I mean, it's become so popular over the last five years. But we're going to see a lot of these. And this, I get excited about this because we're going to see a lot of these ancient herbs used in Ayurveda and Chinese medicine continue to rise. And one of those is fo tea. And the, as the ancient story goes, there was a, a physician and his hair was turning gray. He discovered fo tea, started consuming it daily. And it turned his gray hair, it started turning it back black. And so he, he noticed this change in his body. And so he started, you know, discovered its properties for anti-aging. Mm-hmm. But FOTI specifically is an uh, adrenal tonic that really supports your body in producing collagen. In addition to FOTI, some others, there's one called Romania. This is the ultimate adrenal tonic in all of Chinese medicine. And so Romania, I think we're going to see really grown popularity. It's also great for thyroid health. Uh, so that's another uh, a, a booster that, that can help with collagen production. Um, turmeric is actually can help collagen production and also save your body against collagen degradation. One of the things you can do is uh, turmeric has a collagen sparing effect because a lot of times we have oxidation and inflammation that break down our body's own collagen. Well, turmeric, curcumin, but also a compound called tumorone actually reduces that sort of oxidative stress. A few others that are great, there's a berry called Shisandra, 
used in Ayurveda and TCM. Shisandra is the only uh, food in all of TCM, or one of only a couple that uh, actually has, has all five flavors. And so it's oftentimes used to support uh, har- harmony within your entire body, but also anti-aging. And, um, and then a few others that are popular, um, nettle or stinging nettle is very popular. And then things like horsetail or anything that supports silica. And then in addition to those herbs, foods rich in vitamin C, kiwi, citrus fruits, um, things like broccoli, bell peppers, and Brussels sprouts, those vitamin C-rich foods coupled with these adrenal tonics or adaptogens, those are most commonly used. And one more, uh, reishi mushroom. Reishi mushroom was also used for supporting that area of the body producing stem cells, which in turn, when your body produces more stem cells, it also means it's going to do a better job of regenerating collagen. Mm, it's all good stuff. So people can get these in the form of supplements and teas and kind of integrate them into their diet. Is that what you suggest? It, it, exactly. And mm-hmm. one of the other things too, but you know, I wrote a book on this recently. It's the collagen diet. I go through everything I talked about. I go through all of the herbs used in ancient Ayurveda and TCM, exactly how to consume those. Like, for instance, I do a collagen-boosting smoothie in the morning, and I had goji berry in it because goji was one of those collagen-boosting tonics, probably the most popular of all the foods for supporting collagen in the body, along aside from drinking bone broth itself. And so, like, in the morning, like, I do a big scoop of goji berry powder. I do some berries, and then I do, um, I do some multi-collagen protein and a little bit of almond or coconut milk, and that's kind of what I do to support my own collagen production. But, yeah, tea, capsule form. Uh, are are probably the two most common ways to take these herbs. How do you spell FOT? Uh, F-O dash T-I. Okay. That's good. I would not have guessed that. It's <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So for the person that's out there that's like, okay, I want to have increased collagen. I want to have more collagen. I want to have things that support collagen. Um, what the quality of the collagen is important too, right? You don't want to just get any old bones if you're going to make bone broth. You want to make sure that the quality is good uh, because I know bones can kind of store not so good things sometimes if you're getting factory farmed. Yep. Like, can mm-hmm. you talk about that, the quality of the meat that you're talking about? Absolutely. It's a big deal in everything we do, right? Like when I go to the grocery store, I buy organic as much as I can or especially those that are um, – you know, part of the dirty dozen. And then mm-hmm. when I'm buying meat, like I, the salmon I had today was wild sockeye salmon from northern, uh, you know, the northern Pacific. And so it's, uh, it's a really big, and studies show this, right? They show grass-fed animals versus grain-fed, the difference in omega-3 fats and inflammation and the mm-hmm. stress hormone. I mean, it's just, it is night and day when we're talking about the health of the animal. I was talking to a friend of mine who is actually, I was hanging out with him last night. He's a Chinese medicine expert. His name is Gil Banami. He's from Israel. And, um, and we were talking about kosher slaughter methods, like even the way an animal, you know, is, um, is slaughtered is such a big deal for the health. So anyways, all that being said, both myself and Jordan Rubin with our heart and passion for regenerative agriculture, uh, our company, we source a good majority of our collagen from New Zealand because Mm -hmm. New Zealand today has the highest standards of any country when it comes to animal welfare. Um, I mean, just their grazing method, they invented like the healthiest ways of grazing and all of these things. And so, yeah, we, um, and in fact, we partnered with Whole Foods Market on releasing an entirely New Zealand grass-fed collagen line that's coming out in the future. But yeah, today we actually source ours from Northern Europe, uh, number or number one area is New Zealand, number two, Northern Europe, and a little bit in Argentina. 
is where we source our collagen today. Uh, but yes, it does make a difference. There are companies out there that have uh, that are raising animals improperly, and then those some of those animals in their bones they have higher levels of heavy metals, uh, lead and arsenic especially. And so you're right that you know the collagen and the company you're buying from is a really big deal. And again, I've written about this before. If you just search my name with collagen or bone broth, you'll I'm sure find some good stuff online. And the collagen is mostly derived from skin, or is it skin and bones, or how, how, is, it, how is it processed? Well, yeah, it's a great question. So for us as a company, like we, we get ours primarily from skin and from actually making broth. In fact, we, uh, we work with a company uh, here in the United States where we actually have, like imagine your own crock pot at home. Now mm-hmm. imagine one that's like a thousand times bigger. I mean, it's a big stainless steel vat, mm-hmm. and we take chicken feet and chicken backs, and um, we put those in the vat. We make bone broth. I mean, we put in apple cider vinegar. And we make bone broth literally like you'd make it at home. And that's what one of the things that, that we believe is so unique. Because when you make broth from chicken, you're, not, you're getting collagen. But in addition to, you're also getting something called glucosamine, mm-hmm. chondroitin, and hyaluronic acid. They're a family of nutrients called glucosaminoglycans. And they're actually collagen boosters. And they make up part of your joints and gut lining. And so broth has collagen, but broth also has additional things, especially chicken broth. And so in our products that we manufacture, it's a combination of actual bone broth and powder form. Um, And then we'll do this thing called eggshell membrane. If you ever crack open an egg, there's Mm -hmm. a very thin film inside. That is a really unique type of collagen that has the most anti-inflammatory benefits. And if you search online, like eggshell membrane studies or eggshell membrane collagen, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other area is skin. It is for our bovine or our grass-fed beef collagen is actually taken from the skin of the animal. But companies that are doing stuff that's typically a little bit lower quality, and I know some companies that sell this, they're typically getting it from the bones. Mm-hmm. Not to say the bones are always bad, but it's just you have a higher risk of, and higher levels of metals in there most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I have to tell you a crazy story about eggshell membrane because it this is like sure. the most amazing thing. So for, for years, I had a woman that worked in, in, um, in one of my restaurants from Ecuador. And she was, I mean, she was incredible. And anytime anyone got cut, Esperanza would come to the rescue. And what she would do, if you got a nasty cut on your finger, she'd take a clove of garlic, she'd crush it until a little bit of the oil released, and she'd rub that into the cut. And then she'd take an egg, crack the egg open, peel out the eggshell membrane, wrap that around your finger, and then put a bandage over the top of that. And wow. I've, I've, oh seen cuts, I've seen cuts that would have required multiple stitches heal in, in a day or two with this, with this practice. And it, was, it blew my mind. And she was just like, oh, this is what my mother taught me to do. Wow. And it was amazing to me to see this, you know, this, this distillation of knowledge that was centuries old, if not millennia, um, of understanding that, okay, the, I mean, you can understand it scientifically what's going on. Obviously, the, you have an antimicrobial in the garlic that's going to reduce the growth of bacteria so it doesn't get infected. And then you have direct contact with collagen at the wound that's going to help the skin heal immediately. And it was just, it blew my mind. And I've mm-hmm. always thought about that whenever any, every time I crack an egg and I see the eggshell memory, that's I remember Esperanza. Esperanza, yeah. <laughs> This is you sharing that story is one of my you know favorite stories I've ever heard in interviews. Period. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and it's I think it's a good good when you were talking earlier about the principles of Chinese medicine and and different types of collagen for different results. And I was in my mind, I'm thinking because I'm a chef, I'm thinking about okay, so type one collagen beef. 
you were talking about skin, right? So, well, most of that collagen in beef is found in the skin. You're talking about joints with type 2 collagen, chicken. Well, whereas most of the collagen found in chicken, it's around the joints. Exactly. Then you're talking about um, type 3 collagen coming from eggs. I forget exactly what that, what was the, the I forget what it was good for, but uh, it just made me think of like, okay, there's this, this like, as you said, like for like, that idea that actually even where it's found within the animal and that specific animal will impact how, you know, how, how you, you would apply it to the, to the patient. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're perceptive. I mean, it, that's exactly it. It's not like, you know, it's that, uh, yeah, exactly. It's that principle. And, you know, for, for thousands of years, if you went into an ancient, they, you know, in, in Europe, they would call them apothecaries and mm-hmm. in actually China. Um, but if you went into an ancient pharmacy, what that you would find on the shelf mostly was, was going to be herbs mm-hmm. and glandulars or or organ or dried organs, and that's right. what people would take as supplements. So mm-hmm. it's just I, I love it. I mean, you mentioned going back earlier. You mentioned the hyaluronic acid, which a lot of people are putting on their skin. skin or their, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They want because it drops as we age, and people that want plump, glowy, healthy-looking skin—that's in bone broth, right? Exactly. Yep. It's found now only chicken broth, though. Okay. Um, which is why chicken broth to me, and that's why we put this in, we put chicken broth in like, or chicken collagen type 2 in all of our products because it's probably the most expensive along with eggshell membrane, but it's, um, it's the most powerful for that reason. So, so oftentimes, I mean, I hear people talk about beef broth being far superior in terms of its its collagen value or nutrient value. But what you're saying is actually it really depends on. It's important to kind of have a blend of all of these. There's, you know, type one, which is fish, fish, um, fish and beef, right? That's what you're talking about. Uh, exactly. So, so sort of having a little bit of everything is important. I, I believe so. I think again, it's that like supports like. If you want to support your joints the most, get type two collagen from chicken. If you want to support your skin, hair, nails the most, type one and three collagen from mm-hmm. beef and wild fish. And so for me, like I consume a multi collagen protein supplement every day because I want to get as many types. It, it's like, hey, I want to get multiple types of antioxidants. You know, mm-hmm. I want to get multiple types of probiotics in my diet, multiple types of vitamins. So, so I, I really believe people are better off with a multi-supplement. For somebody to say that bovine collagen is more nutrient-dense, you know, it just it, it's like any sort of uh, statistical data. You can make mm-hmm. it say what you want. Sure. Um, I think that beef is higher in minerals, and that is absolutely true. Um, but for most people, you're going to be getting plenty of minerals from your you know, from your, from vegetables and from other sources. And so I think in terms of what people are actually typically missing, it's more of these collagens, it's more of these glucosaminoglycans, like hyaluronic acid, like Will was saying, like, I think those are the bigger needs people have. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think people are best off doing not just a collagen protein, but a multi-collagen protein that has all of the different types. And is there a difference between how we absorb collagen if it's coming in supplement form versus in its natural whole foods form? It's really not. It really just depends. You know, when you look at what we have, like we have a bone, like, uh, you know, I consume a bone broth protein powder and that literally is bone broth where the water is pulled out. So when you're consuming it, it's identical to bone broth, Mm -hmm. like that you'd make at home. Mm -hmm. Now, a collagen supplement goes through a process called hydrolysis and that essentially makes it just water soluble, but it's still very, very similar. Um, So I don't, I, I think that there is minimal difference between between the two when you're talking about absorption mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if there's there are ways that are, do you suggest certain ways that we can integrate collagen like within our cooking 
Um, yeah. You know, and, and not just take it in supplement form. So we might be, I don't know, obviously with uh, like a hot beverage or something or with with uh, with baked goods or are there ways of integrating into our cooking so that it, it sort of um, becomes integrated into what we're doing? Totally. So I think a couple things. One, you know, if you want to, rather than getting, and, and, I, and I do recommend a supplement, but also if you want to get it in your diet, you know, the ancients, when we're talking about TCM, like we're in a world today where what's very trendy is doing things like vegetable juice and, you know, superfood shots, like herbal shots, like ginger and that sort of thing. Well, in ancient China, when you were sick and you needed to get well from almost anything, you drank soup and right. herbal tea. You know, today people are trying to pound salads and veggie juices, which in fact is much harder to digest mm -hmm. and harder on the body. So I think for starters, hey, drink more soup. You know, go home and make real chicken vegetable soup. Do a bean soup with beef broth. Do a, uh, you know, a butternut squash soup with butternut squash, a little coconut milk and some chicken broth. So, hey, I would get more creative in using actual broth, especially chicken and beef broth at home. In addition to that, yeah, I would take a supplement. I would buy a multi-collagen protein or a bone broth protein, and you can mm -hmm. buy, you know, uh, unflavored. You can buy vanilla. You can buy chocolate. So this morning I did van uh, vanilla multi-collagen protein, and I mixed it with berries and goji berry, uh, blueberries, goji berries, and um, and some uh, some some coconut milk. And like that's what I had this morning for breakfast, you know. But my wife had her coffee this morning. And she just added a scoop of it to her coffee, and that's how she did it. And, you know, and we make recipes. Like in my new book, The Collagen Diet, I've got recipe for collagen pancakes, collagen brownies, collagen chocolate chip cookies, collagen-rich um, sprouted grain rice. Uh, so, so we have a lot of different mm -hmm. recipes and ways to do that. But, yeah, absolutely. I think just adding it into your daily diet you know, 20 grams a day should be the goal for almost everybody. Mm -hmm. And there are so many, just so many, so many ways to do it. Have you ever had silky chicken? Silky chicken? I, the, I don't think I have. It's used a lot in TCM. It's sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a, a breed of chicken that has black skin. Um, and they use it a lot for stewing, for, for, um, for soups, for, uh, for, I mean, for medicinal soups. Um, I was just curious if you if you if you'd had it before because it's a it's a breed that I've I've only encountered for specifically for medicinal hmm. purposes. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, it's um it's uh we can look it up, but it's like literally like it has black skin. It doesn't taste very good at all. But, uh, of course, yeah, um, yeah. So okay, I do know. You know what, what I'm talking about? about. Yeah, and th there are a lot of recipes like that in Chinese medicine. Again, like when you went into an ancient physician in China, mm -hmm. Japan, and anywhere in Asia really up until 100 years ago, like you went in there, they would have you create soups and teas. Mm -hmm. And, that, and that's, that's what you did for every meal. And people healed so darn fast from it. Like, for instance, there's an herbal black chicken soup in the recipe. It's kind of what you're saying. It was, yeah. it was that silky chicken, yeah. goji berries, red dates, and like astragalus. And like you right. would make a soup yeah. of this, and then you would do your herbal tea. And that's what people did. But that's and I found, I mean, people get well so fast when they're doing, in, in Chinese medicine, they also call it one pot. Mm -hmm. it, it kind of helps with that principle of food combining to where when you're eating a bunch of different foods, sometimes your body has to use really different enzymes to break down fruit compared to meat, compared to grains. Well, when you cook everything together for 24 hours or 12 hours, for that matter, they said the food becomes one, sort of all of the enzymes, everything sort of becomes the same. 
and it's actually easier for your body to digest huh. and that's why they would call it one pot um and uh anyways but that's something else i think that's kind of interesting thanks for joining our conversation with josh axe I really learned a lot about all, he's such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic mm-hmm. medicine, and all the the ways of preparing certain things, the one part concept in Chinese medicine. Yeah, that, that was really cool. Really cool stuff. I also liked how we were talking about often now when we're not feeling well, we think, oh, we got to eat a lot of vegetables. You got to have juice. You got to have, you know, vitamin C from your orange juice. And you got to mm-hmm. do all this stuff. And how it seems sort of counterintuitive, but uh, ancient nutrition tells us, no, we should be eating broth. Mm-hmm. We should be eating these things that don't require a lot of resources to digest mm-hmm. that make the, um, the nutrients much more bioavailable. And I thought that was really, uh, that was really, really wise and, um, and great advice. Yeah. It's interesting when I'm consulting patients that from different countries, like he said, like it's such a normal part of life mm-hmm. for so many cultures around the world, but it's really not an American Thing so much. No, I mean, um, if even even like I'm a huge fan of the the uh, the pressure cooker, which most people in the United States are scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go anywhere else in the world, it's a staple in nearly every kitchen. Uh, now, fortunately, we're coming around to the idea of like yeah. the, the 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 crock pot and slow cooking and all of that. Um, but it really is, particularly if you're if you're struggling, if your immune system is not is down or you're 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 kind of sick, throwing a bunch of bunch of stuff, some bones, some vegetables, you know, some broth in, in the in the pressure cooker and just simmering them, getting it all super cooked and, and it's really easy to digest. It's a very easy way to make, you know, the oldest the oldest medicine there is, which is soup. Yeah. Chicken soup for the soul. That was a thing back in the 90s. It totally was. We're yeah. bringing it back, guys. I love it. Well, you can learn more about Josh at draxe.com. That's D-R-A-X-E.com. And make sure to pick up a copy of his newest book, The Collagen Diet, out now. Got a question you'd like us to answer? The Goop team is keeping a running list for us, so just hit them up at Goop on Instagram or Facebook. At the end of every episode, we'll be answering a question from one of you guys. If you have a question about us or about men and wellness or really anything else is on your mind, just let us know. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies and ways to approach health and well-being. And I love to talk about food and cooking and, well, reality is anything. I just love to talk. So send your questions over to the Goop team on Instagram or Facebook. As Goop likes to say, nothing is off limits. All right, now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. This question is from Daniel. Seamus, is there any cuisine you don't like? Um, well, I, I'm pretty good at finding something in all cuisines that I do like. Uh, I can't say that I'm a big fan of Russian food, though I do like cabbage and I do like borscht. But for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of Russian food. So most Eastern European food doesn't really excite me that much. Um, but I always can find something that I do like in it. So I wouldn't say there's anything that I've – any cuisine I've experienced that I'm just like, oh, this is absolutely gross. But I've found things in many cuisines that I don't like, and I found lots of things in many cuisines that I do like. So I guess that's not really – a uh, concise answer, but yeah. I, if I were to say one thing, I'm not a huge fan of Russian food. Sorry to all the um, the Russian listeners out there. That's it for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Will and I would love to know what you think about Goop Fellas. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe and pass it along to a friend. 
To see more, head to goop.com slash goopfellas. And we hope you'll be here again next Wednesday. Talk soon.